please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Welcome to the long-awaited episode of the Vagabond Exchange, number 36. Maybe. I'm, maybe. I'm Emily. The helpful voice in the background is the ever-handsome William. Good hi, a- William. Hi. Good afternoon. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. It is Labor Day. It is Labor Day, and we are not laboring. No, we are not, which is nice and for And unusual a for a Monday. It is. A beautiful Monday. The weather has been perfect. Stellar. This yes. Weekend. Since we complained like the last four episodes podcasts about the horrible, Oppressive. horrible humidity and heat. Yeah. It's been a great weekend. It has been. And it's, not just because of the weather. No, it's the perfect kind of weekend to have when you want to have friends in town. Yes. And friends we had in town. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> it's been a while since we've. Um, since What's that? It's a it's a fake laugh. Oh, <laughs> right. We you and I discussed wide array of laughter that we observe in. I'd, I'd say that you and I are both people who like to imitate others. We do, and you do a really good job of making fun of people's laughs or laughing styles. Not making fun. I'd say. You do a it's good not job. It's like you're doing mal- it maliciously. You're just right. doing it out of observation. Right. It stands out to me, and I want to uh, emulate it. Right. But you do a good job in uh, doing voices. Yes. I get that from my mother. Oh, do you? Apparently, she used to do voices. Really? When she was a kid. Cartoons? Per my grandmother. Yeah. She's actually the voice of Mickey Mouse. Wow. That is Super awesome. famous. <laughs> Super famous. I thought I heard her in Shrek. <laughs> she does the voice of the donkey. Does she? No. But if she did, she'd be really good at it. I bet she would. So, shout out. What's up? Is there anyone else we need to give a shout out to? Um, well, we should. Um, we lost uh, Seattle Joe from the Facebook page. Yes. So, uh, Joe, if you're out there, just let us know you're okay. Yes. They didn't put you in... Solitary or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. Well, if he is, he can't let us know because he can't but even listen true. to That's true. Well, maybe he maybe snuck his iPod up his butt and got <laughs> Joe, it in there. Joe, I don't even know why you still listen to us. So If you do. Yeah. But maybe Joe has family that can get word yes. to him that we're thinking about him or something. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe Joe just got sick of Facebook, which I don't blame him for that either. Right. I got a message from Facebook today saying that I haven't sent a text in 58 days. What does that mean? You know how you send uh, updates from your phone? Oh. It's been two months. I think it's probably been longer than I'm on the wagon. Are you? Yep. Good for you. Facebook takes over your life. It does take over your life. Not in a good way. You're right. I thought we had talked about this a while ago. We did. So anyway. (laughs) Done talking about that now? I am. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Um, No. Do you want to talk about your, uh, the friends? 
that friends. you had in town? Yes, I had friends in town. This weekend? Who? Yes. It was one of my friends with whom I attended high school. Her name is Maria. Actually, I've known her since I was 12. Wow. Which is like 17 years, and that's weird. Um, and she currently resides in Charlotte, North Carolina. And she and her husband, Luis, came in for a little visit over Labor Day weekend. Yep. So we had a grand old time. And I haven't seen her in like three years. So that was nice to catch yes. up. What did we do? We did lots of stuff. Are you asking because you forgot? No. I'm asking for a recap. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're hilarious. Um, what did we do? Let me Let me think. Well, our friend Tom. The reason why I'm asking you what we did is because we did several touristy things that I think people who are not from Nashville would like to hear. That is correct. All right. And thank you for saying why you're asking. Okay. And pointing at me while you said it. Well, not with my hands, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So a friend of ours named Tom, who we also attended high school with and ended up here in Nashville, had um, minor surgery and was not able to be as present with our activities as he would have liked to have been. So a little shout out to Tom. Hope you're feeling better. But um, anyway, we decided to hang out with him for a bit after they got in, played a little card, played a really cool card game that I'm fairly certain Tom invented just as we were playing, but it was fun to play nonetheless. Do you recall the name of the card game? It was some German or Hungarian name. Oh, something, it was shithead, but yeah, it's in like German. Berstenstein or something. Okay. So um, that was enjoyable. And then on um, Sunday morning, we all decided to get up and go to the Pancake Pantry. And if you've never been to Nash- Nashville, the Pancake Pantry is a bit of an institution here. Apparently. Um, apparently. Jeez. That line was humongous. You'd never been in a line that long before? No, not oh. there. I have. Um, so anyway. We it was were, worth it, though. I'll say. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's, you want to talk about it? No. That's fine. Just go ahead. I'll just stay here. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I think it's funny that you're animated about the Pancake Pantry. So the Pancake Pantry, as its name might suggest specializes in pancakes but they have another a wide variety of breakfast delectable breakfast items including delicious hash browns which we think they may boil and then fry did you (laughs) have hash browns i didn't but i've had them there before and they're amazing delicious so if you decide to go to the pancake pantry it's in an area of nashville called hillsborough village which is near vanderbilt university um, so we came, we stood in line for about an hour, which is pretty typical. I don't think I've, I don't think I've waited much. I don't know that I've ever waited longer than that. Usually the longest I think you'd have to wait is an hour. Okay. Um, but it's moved, line moves quickly and there's lots of little shops. So if you have a big party, you can like pair off and go look around in the shops while other people stand in line, right. which is what my family does when they come down to visit. So we all made it into the pancake pantry um, had a variety of pancakes. Um, I don't I had, remember all the kinds, but you had a waffle. I had a waffle. And bacon. And bacon. And bacon was good. Bacon was good. Yes. Crispy. Um, Tom's uh, friend, uh, Matt, yes. had chocolate chip pancakes. Yes, he did. And I think Tom had um, some sort of omelet 
that had cheese and sausage and hash browns. Right. And it looked very good. Yes. I had the orange walnut pancakes, which I'd recommend. I get those almost every time I go, which has probably been six times in my whole life. And other people got other stuff, but everybody agreed that it was delicious food. Yep. Yes. So highly recommend Pancake Pantry for breakfast. Um, the earlier you get there, the shorter the line is. We got there at about 1030. So it's kind of like the late crowd was there. So the line was really long. But right. when I've gotten there at like eight, it's not as long. Yeah. And they, they put uh, water and coffee outside. And milk. Yeah, and milk, which, which is, is gross weird. and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Tom drank it. Free coffee and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Agreed. you can get refreshments while you while you wait in line. Yes. And it's right down the street from the Bell Court, so yeah, you could go for an early lunch or something, and then yeah. go to a movie, or brunch and a movie. Right. We should do that sometime. Mm-hmm. There's also other restaurants in that area. I won't. We have a lot to cover today, but feel free to check out that neighborhood. Lots of stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. So after breakfast, we decided that um, Maria is a teacher, an educator of children, and usually likes to do something fairly educational. And so we decided to check out a tour of the Belmont Mansion, which is right on Belmont University's campus. Um, It's an old historical mansion um, formerly owned by the Ackland family, which is a big Nashville name, (laughs) if you will. And um, from whom which the property was purchased after the death of sort of the matriarch of the family. And then the school came in and kind of built around it. Um, I would not recommend this tour. I'll just say that now. Really? (laughs) Yes. Hmm. And I'll say that for a few reasons. One, I think the price is a bit steep for what you get. It's about a 45-minute tour. The house is not fully restored. um, So you don't see... You see about two-thirds of it. Um... The other reason I would not recommend it is the general snarky attitude of the staff that worked there. That said, our tour guide, after we got past about the first five minutes of the, the tour, was very informative. It was cool to see all of the rooms kind of laid out. Um, and she seemed to kind of know exactly what. She, she had it down pat, really good cadence. You could hear her well. Right. It was a, a tour that all ages could enjoy. Yes. There was a little girl with us, and she kind of referenced her a few times and said like oh like this is where your room would be do you like it like like sort of engage the whole crowd mm-hmm. here is my beef and you know what i'm gonna say here because you were there we got to the mansion at about 10 minutes to one o'clock on sundays and that's another thing check the mansion hours before you go there's signs posted outside but you can probably just call the uh, i think it's called the belmont historical association or something in that vicinity I think you can call them and probably find out the hours of operation. But um, we got there, and the hours on Sunday uh, are from 1 to 4. So, And it says, ring the doorbell. So we ring the doorbell. woman comes to the door. We ask about the tour. I said, we'd like to take the 1 o'clock tour. And she said, well, we don't really have tour times, and we open at 1. That, that was the full statement. And I said, okay. So do we come back at 1? And she said, yes, just ring the doorbell. So we go and kind of walked around, sat down for a bit. At 1 o'clock, we see a larger group of people walk in through the front door and left the door open. So we came up the stairs and followed them in. More people come in. There's probably, what, maybe 10 people standing in the lobby, mm-hmm. maybe? Or the front, front entrance, as they called it. 
And the woman who greeted us originally came in, scowled at all of us, asked why the door was open, then said that door is supposed to be locked. We couldn't hear the doorbell in the back office. And in not so nice tone. So then she so she closes the door, makes a big sweeping gesture of it, comes back over, says, announces that she will need to get our admissions from us, which we could assume was the, the $10 cost. Now, there is a discount for AAA members, which... Makes it fairly reasonable. It was like eight fifty, right? Which I that I thought was okay, but ten bucks I thought was pushing it. Okay. So after she takes, after she's starting to collect them, and a few of us had credit cards, she says, "Okay, if you're paying with a credit card, I have to wait to take your money because I have to take it back to the gift shop." So we all pay with our credit cards. She takes them off. She comes back. And I had, had paid everyone's admission in our little group, which was just four of us. And then there was another couple that paid with a credit card, two, a couple. Um, but she swapped the credit cards. So she actually charged me for the two people and the other couple for four of us. So, you know, we're trying to, like, figure it out. They were from Canada and didn't want the card refunded because of the exchange rate they'd lose money so we just ended up giving them cash it was this big whole convoluted thing the end of which the woman said well i still need someone to sign these receipts because apparently it was our fault that she had made a mistake between the 30 seconds it took her to get back to the gift shop right here's my issue when you work in a customer facing position any operational process flow that you have built to run your business is not the customer's problem. That's your problem. You figure it out. You don't put it on the people that come in. You don't scowl at them because someone on your staff neglected to lock the door. You don't get pissy with them because you screwed up the credit cards because of a long walk back to the gift shop. That right there was enough to make me want to walk out. And had it just been me and you, I would have been like, peace out, chief. Smell you later. The lady who came back through, who actually did the tour, was better. At the beginning, she openly chastised one of the members of our groups because he was leaning up against the chair, wasn't really paying attention, and apparently, like, rule numero uno was don't touch anything. So it was just a little off-putting. And to pay that much, to be treated so poorly, with people who you're trying to show around from out of town, irritates me. Okay. Um... I didn't have as much of a problem with the tour as you did. I did have a problem with the initial lady, the the lady that yes. took our money. Haley she was, was her name. She was rude and, yeah, she was not a good customer or service mm-hmm. person. Mm-mm. But the person that gave the tour was very knowledgeable, very yes. personable. And while she did chastise a member of our group for leaning against something, I understand if something is... A hundred years old, and you're trying to preserve it, right? And like they said, like she said, it's the acid on your fingers, right? Right. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm right. just saying, you know, at a public forum, say, like you back there in the corner who's touching a chair, and well, he wasn't like it wasn't conscious, like he wasn't no, walking up to a display and true. like feeling it. Right. He was like leaning, like leaned up with his hand on it right it was just like he, you know how you don't think about it like when you're at no home, no you i know he was completely chair. oblivious to it and i just think that's rude and to other your people customers. i understand other people were doing it during the uh it's like you're not aware of yourself right right it's just like it's furniture you don't realize that right it could be destroyed right um 
But overall, I thought it was an educational tour. Yes, yeah, and it I, was very informative. And I like the uh, tour guide. So, yeah. And 10 bucks, I guess, is steep, but that's kind of what I, I, I actually expected it to be more. I, I expected it to be, yeah, I actually expected it to be 15 but I thought, I thought the whole mansion was open. Like, there was about half of the upstairs that we didn't get to see. So I was a little, you're not really seeing the whole mansion. Yeah. But after, like, the rudeness of the front door, I was like, no, not my money's worth. Like, if you want to treat me kindly and you want to act like we're actually helping you keep your business going, great. I'll pay you $15. But Yeah, but it's Belmont. They're snarky they anyway. They snarky. I hate that school. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> it's a good way to end on a good note. No, so anyway, I I just I wouldn't recommend. There's plenty of other places you can tour in Nashville. You don't have to go to the Belmont Mansion if you're looking for historical Tennessee information. True. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So after that, uh, we just kind of palled around a bit. We hit a couple spots in Nashville. Nothing. I don't think worth mentioning. No. Um, well, you want to mention? Well, we went to dinner at. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to okay, get to. Go ahead. But go ahead. No. No, you go ahead. No, we went to dinner at Mafiosos, which we talked about a couple of podcasts ago. Yes, we did. And we had a couple of pizzas and salads and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of beer. Yes, very. We had really good beer experiences. Yeah. And we also went to the Flying Saucer. We did, we did. Have we talked about the Flying Saucer before? We may have mentioned it. I don't remember. If we haven't, uh, I would say a Nashville must, if you're a beer connoisseur or just enjoy beer, is a Flying Saucer. It's a little, it's a bar, but I wouldn't really describe it as a bar. It feels more like a pub than a bar. Yes, it does feel like a pub, but it has like kind of those open area in the front where in the summertime they open up these huge... Garage, like garage doors, doors yeah. yeah, and they've got their picnic tables, but they're not like rustic picnic tables. They've got like cushions and whatnot. Right. So, um, what like over two hundred kinds of beer imported yeah. and domestic um, trivia night on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um. What else? They do have we do a there? pint pint night on Monday. Yeah, they have theme nights like every night of the right. week. I think happy we, hours are you get the huge. Yeah. Beer steins, I guess. Is that? Yeah, a stein for the price of a pint, I think. Yeah. Um, And then when we were there Sunday, all of their local brews were three bucks, which is really good for beer, I think. Yeah. Three bucks a a pint. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that was good. And they have like, um, they have little nibbles and bits that you can get to whet your appetite. We always get the pretzels there, and they're pretzels the size of your head. Delicious, like just out of the oven goodness. Yeah. So that was fun. I'd, I'd highly recommend that. That's probably one of my favorite beverage shops in Nashville. I agree. Yes. So yeah, Mafiosa's as well. Um, really good Italian food, like New York style pizza and really great pasta dishes. Um, and then a good beer list there as well. Yeah. And then afterwards, we decided to hit downtown. Um, which Nashville's downtown is mostly um, country music related. A lot of old legendary um, country music haunts, such as to- Tootsies. 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 Um, where we actually have a friend who sings, Heather Beeler. You can check her out Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Um, but we hit up Paradise Park, which is a little fairly new bar 
the open in Nashville, I guess, three, or, three or four years okay. ago. Yeah. Um, and it's designed like a trailer park, as its name might suggest. Wood paneling, astroturf, um, a toilet that sits like in the middle of the bar. So, you know, whatever, if you're into that. Right. Um, kind of a young crowd that hangs out there. Early 20s, I'd say. Um, yeah. Looked like a, a lot of college-age yes, kids. Yes. Yeah. Not my personal favorite, but we have a lot of friends who like it, so that's why we were there. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of split in half, and on the other half, there's like a diner. They have really good sweet potato fries there that yeah. I'd recommend. And then they have a uh, piano bar upstairs. Yes. Big Bang. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, and that's nice. Yeah. I Dueling like Big Bang. pianos, right? What I'd say about all those places is to get there early because they. Um, on the weekends, you can't move. Right. That's the only reason I really... In general, I don't like downtown for that reason. I don't like being jostled all night and have beer... Smell like beer, like, when I leave. So. Yeah. It wasn't too bad last night, no, though. A lot Sunday. of times, you can't even see the floor. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whereas last night, you had people actually lying down on the floor taking right. pictures. That was interesting. So, yeah. And weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, that kind of concluded our weekend. Maria and Luis left this morning. And... I hope they had a great time. Yep. Did you have a good time? I did have a good time. Good. And I like uh, Maria and Luis. And and I think they like you too. Yeah. And Tom, actually, we were talking and he thought I was uh, 31 years old. Really? Yeah. That's good. So he was screaming at me that I made a deal with the devil. <laughs> when did this happen? Apparently this I is when we, the two of us went off to the did front the of, the, of uh, Paradise Park. Oh. Yeah. Just went off. Just chit-chatting. Just to, to chat it out. Eh? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, good. Yeah. So that had to make you feel good. It did. Don't yes. make a day over 31. That's nice. So what did he say? Was he surprised when you revealed your real age? Yeah. He was like, how old are you? And I was like, 37. You made a deal with the devil. <laughs> you did make a deal with you the devil. You made a deal with He said it about, about two or three times. So. That, that sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds like our Tom. It was nice. So, um, what was I going to say? Did you say to him what you typically say when people tell you you don't look that old? What do I typically say? I'm not saying it. Has to do with the color of your skin. uh, Black don't crack? Yeah. No, I didn't say that. Huh. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that thus concludes our Maria and Luis weekend. Oh, fun. Yep. Yeah. So what else have we done that's fun? Uh, Nothing. No. <laughs> well, we've gone to a ton of movies. We have gone to a ton of movies. You want to talk about them? Sure. We're just going to do a very quick recap of yes. all the movies that we've seen over the last uh, five weeks. weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. yeah. Which are eight, by the way. Eight movies. Eight movies. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to do them from most recent to least recent? Um, yeah, I don't care. Okay. Uh, So a couple days ago, we decided to check out Going the Distance, which starred Drew Barrymore, Justin Long, Christina Applegate, Jason Sudeikis, that guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right? and uh, Jim Gaffigan also had a little spot. And uh, Ron Livingston. And Ron Livingston as well, Mm -hmm. yes. Um, And Going the Distance is a story about a couple whose real names escape me at this point in time, um, but who meet... Uh, at a kind of an inopportune time 
um, when the character played by Drew Barrymore has a has to go finish up her MBA at Stanford, but she's spending the summer in NYC interning for the New York Sentinel. Very good. Thanks. Um, and so right before she's supposed to leave, the she and Justin Long have had about six weeks together to build a relationship. They decide they want to try a long-distance relationship, and then she goes to San Francisco. Right. Right. And basically the story is just about how they sort of, the attempts they make to try to keep this together and sort of what it means when you're in a relationship and who does what and who gives up what, et cetera. Right. Sacrifice, yeah. love, what is true love, what's right. worth fighting for, sticking it out for. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what um, So I'll just say I thought it was funny. It was entertaining. Yes. Um, when we saw the previews for this movie, I actually expected it to be funnier. That's just me. Okay. But I liked it. I thought it was funnier than it was than the previews uh, suggested. Um, so I liked it as well. Very light little rom com, and yes, that's it. All right. So what would you give that? I'd give it a seven and a half. I would give it a six and a half. I would give your face a six and a half. Well, I would give yours a four point three. That's because mine is judged on a smaller scale, one to five. Thank you. <laughs> six point six. <laughs> Okay. For going the distance, not my face. Great, great. <laughs> not my face. Okay. Um, so a few days before that, uh, we decided to check out Life During Wartime. Mm. Um, the only two characters who I recognized enough to know their first and last name were Allison Janey and Ali Sheedy. Life During Wartime is one of those, I guess it was an attempting to be a character study. Um, Maybe. But sort of had that intertwined... Uh, lots an ensemble cast that's what i'm looking for right. lots of different characters all with kind of separate stories but somehow intertwined what will happen yeah um basically i don't even know how to describe it paul rubens isn't it too yes paul rubens yeah. thank you yeah. um but basically there's three sisters all of whom had to have some degree of dysfunction in their lives um they all seem to be a bit um not self-actualized, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, to to varying degrees. Um, and that's all I can really say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this, to be honest <clears throat> Yeah, it's hard to describe. It's just one big dysfunctional movie, pretty much. Right. And, and like almost like wallowed in its dysfunction. Like, look how dysfunctional we are. Right. Which, yes. it's directed by the guy who did uh, Happiness. Yes. And I can't remember his name. We'll look it up. Yeah. It's uh, Todd something. Anyway, happiness kind of had the same feel to it, but it was done in a much better way, I felt yes. like. It's like all these people are pretty messed up. And like desperation right. kind of thing. But I enjoyed watching what was happening to these people. Right. And this guy, for some reason, seems to have uh, some weird uh, fascination with sex and And young children. boys. Yeah. Ugh. So, um, but it didn't work no, this time. It was absolutely, like, honestly, worst movie I've seen this year. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Terrible. I will say the cinematography was nice. Yeah, the cinematography was nice. It was very crisp. Yeah. But. It's just. I wasn't. And like. 
Like, I get these desperate sort of existential, like, look how life really is for some people. Because I do believe that. Like, I do believe some people just aren't enlightened enough to pull themselves out of whatever they're in. And not even enlightened enough. Just don't have the tools to do it, right? right. Whatever. That's being judgmental. But it just, it wasn't done well. It wasn't, it didn't help anything. Nothing was resolved. Nothing, not even to the point where to just say, this is something we're not going to resolve resolve right. you know what i mean it was just here's a bunch of crap what do you think yeah let me throw all of this at the wall see what sticks yeah and you also had these long periods of dialogue seem like extended dialogue and you're like okay i get the point let's right. just move on right and the, the problem with me was i was more fixated on the secondary characters than on the sisters yes me so too. there's a guy that kind of a nerdy plays a nerdy kind of son yeah that i liked yeah the guy that plays uh omar in the wire i can't yes. remember his name i wish he had been given more screen time so i was more focused on people who weren't uh an integral part of the movie agreed and so yeah the movie didn't work for me unfortunately okay. i had high hopes for it me anyway too. Me well, too. we were both excited to see it right we were what would you give Life I'd give it a time. four. I'd give it a three point eight. Wow. Da, 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 da. Six point seven. What? Todd Salad Saladnis? I don't know how to say his name. Yeah. S- Sol- Salons. Salons. Must be, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Uh, Michael Kenneth Williams isn't that Omar? Omar, yeah, that is Omar. Who's the woman who plays? She's got that really high voice. Is it Shirley, Shirley Henderson? Henderson? Yeah. She plays the same character in every movie I see her in. I've never seen her before. She was in um, Mrs. Pettigrew Lives for oh, a Day. And she plays like the same sort of like, I don't really know what's going Because <laughs> I have this high voice, so I must not be very empowered. Hmm. Anyway. Okay, moving right along. We also saw The Switch, starring Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston, Juliette Lewis, and Jason Patrick. Um, the Switch is about two besties, Jason Bateman and Jennifer Aniston. Um, Jennifer Aniston is tired of waiting to meet the right man to have a bambino, so she decides to be artificially inseminated. Um, and Jason Bateman, through a series of drunken incidents, switches rids the sperm sperm container of said sperm said donor sperm and puts his own in there um but blacks out forgets he's done it and then sort of reunites with this character six years after she's had a child and realizes what's happened and hilarity ensues right (laughs) or that's what should have happened yeah mild I thought it was a mildly entertaining yes. film. Not as funny as I thought it could have been. No. But and just that's, not... I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, go that's ahead. kind of how I feel about almost every Jennifer Aniston. I do too. And like, I really like Jennifer Aniston, but like every time she's in a movie, it's like, I don't know if she should just be a dramatic actress and she just keeps trying to be comedic outside of a situational comedy. She has to have the setup. Like she's not, I don't think she's strong enough to be a leading lady. She kind of strikes me as the same person in every movie. Yeah. Though. Like yeah. Uh, uh, Management, which yes. I liked, was a movie I liked. Yes. But she's the same person, basically, in Management. But as I she thought was. she did better in that as like a dark comedy than this that's trying to be a comedy. 
Yeah, you're probably right. Like, I liked um, The Good Girl with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, I really liked that. I thought she actually was stronger in that. That's one of her best roles, I thought. Agreed. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, this and The Breakup. And And The Bounty uh, Hunter. Yeah, did you see that? No, but that's just... She kind of seems like she's the same person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I really want to like you, Jennifer Aniston. I just can't. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I really, li- I think I like her as a person, and that's why I'm like, oh, I really for want, her. yeah, yeah. Like I, I root for her. I feel the same way about her as I do uh, Catherine Heigl. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. But I like Jennifer Aniston more. There's something about Catherine Heigl well, she's that kind of got that bitch thing going on, right? Because she had all that trouble with Grace Anatomy. Anatomy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like. I always liked Catherine Heigl. Plus, people tell me I look like her, you so do. I feel like I can't dislike oh, her. Oh well. And I, thank I, you. Physically, I love her, but <laughs> well, physically, well. I, I give her a nine point eight. But uh, I think Jennifer Aniston is doing a movie with Paul Rudd now that uh, Judd Apatow is yes, producing. Yes, I'm so, curious to see what that's going to be like. Yeah, he may be able to help her along a little bit. But then again, Paul Rudd always plays the same guy too. So this could either be disastrous. But I or, like that guy. I know you do. I don't like that. Guy. I like him. I liked him eight movies ago. Now I'm like, okay. Let's see something else. Okay. Fair enough. So what would you give the Switch? Uh, 6.7. Yeah, I'd give it the same. 6.5, 6.7. Whatever. 5.9. Oh, that doesn't surprise me, actually. Yeah. So the little kid in this movie is really cute. He's very I'll say cute. That. Has yeah. a cute little kid voice and does cute little kid things. Good like kind of neurotic, yeah. which was funny. Yeah. 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 But that's... Anytime you have a movie where the kid... Is not the star, and he's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Then you're in trouble, right? Yeah, Ag- agreed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, get low. I think was the next one before that. Get low has uh, the legendary Robert Duvall, Bill Murray, Sissy Spacek, and Lucas Black, who you may know from Friday Night Lights, Notoriety, and Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do it better than I do. Um, and Get Low basically is a story of a uh, reclusive, curmudgeonly hermit who is sort of um, the scariest member of this small... I don't know where they were located. I don't know. Some small town in the early 1900s, right? Yeah. Um, who, so it's sort of legendary because nobody really knows his story, so they've all just kind of... like. Hit, What's old wives' tales have kind of crept up through the years, so everyone thinks he's this really terrible person. Right. Well, he decides to have a funeral party because um, a friend of his dies or an acquaintance of his dies, and he wants people to come and tell stories about him um, because he's been such a mystery all this time. So he enlists Bill Murray and his partner, Lucas Black, who are the funeral directors for the only funeral in town, to put on this party. They advertise it, collect an admission. There's going to be like a raffle for his property at the end, etc. And what kind of unwinds in the midst of this is a secret that this a very dark and sad secret that this this man is carrying. Right. And Sissy Spacek um, plays someone who knew him when he was younger, who kind of comes back to town and they reunite, and you realize that she's kind of involved too. So. Um, I liked this one, actually. I thought it was a great story. I was afraid it was going to be really slow and boring, and it wasn't, at least not for me. Um, and I liked Robert Duvall's character. I thought he 
he's he's perfect at like the grumpy old man, right? Like right. Robert Duvall is always good at that. But there is a little bit of uh, comedy to him. Like he he kind of uh, he had good timing mm-hmm. um, when he would make some little joke, and I thought that was good too. I was disappointed with Bill Murray um, and the rest of the characters. I I didn't really care for. I mean, I wasn't like blown away by anyone. Sissy Spacek did fine, but. Um, overall, I thought Robert Duvall did a good job. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I did think that it was slow in some okay. parts. It, it it looked good. Yeah, it did look good. <clears throat> I mean, the cinema, cinematography was really good. Robert Duvall, I love Robert Duvall. I think he's a great actor. Um, but this kind of role, he's very good at. I don't feel like he has to stretch very far Mm-mm. when he Mm-mm. does this kind of a southern curmudgeonly guy which is basically like what he is what right? he is right. right so but it was a really good performance especially the end there's a speech he gives at the end it's just mm-hmm. very powerful mm-hmm. um sissy spacek she's always a good actress and she looks she looks like great a, yeah she yeah. looks really good uh i understand what you're saying about bill murray he has this habit of getting into this kind of subdued low-key mm-hmm. this is like his oscar performance right, type thing because right. he did, did it in lost in translation which was really great i thought yeah yeah but that was like the first time i really saw him kind of do that right and then right. um but he does it here there's a movie called um uh is it broken flowers it's something oh, with him yeah, yeah where he's like the same guy yeah and it's i mean it was okay the first time but it's getting kind of old yes plus the entertainment weekly there's a article on him where he just kind of he's a people, bit of a douche yeah people want him for a movie and he's like kind yeah. of like well maybe i'll get back to you maybe i won't yeah. i'm bill murray yeah so. which he's hilarious right like zombie land zombie land he was great yeah yeah but and i think he can do more i think he can stretch I think he's just kind of an ass which yeah. i don't know if i were bill murray maybe i'd be a bit of an ass too i'm a bit of an ass now i can't imagine if yeah. i had the ego pressure plus that's part of his persona i right, think i think right. he's always been that way even on uh, saturday night live yes, he's kind of that like kind cocky of, yeah right yeah yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. but yeah i mean it was a good movie it'll probably get nominated for an oscar robert yeah. duvall will definitely get nominated for an oscar agreed there's a part of me that hopes he doesn't win because it's just too easy yeah i think so too. i want something a little edgier mm-hmm. so like jeff bridges was a great performance, but that was also kind of that's like the, the the easy pick. Yes. Like if you if they had picked like I don't know I thought he was Jeremy like, Renner or that would have been a I was I'm with you on Renner right last year I thought Renner I, honestly last year I from what I can remember actually I would have picked Colin Firth last year yeah 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 Colin but Firth of all those guys that were nominated I would have picked any of them because I thought they all were all great stellar performances I did think Jeff Bridges. Got a little more deep and meaningful than he usually does in that role. Maybe. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that was just my It was opinion. a great performance. I just feel like, it's like my friend said, it's, this movie's The Wrestler. It's just a different thing. Yeah. Like the, sure. kind of a comeback story. Right. It'd be nice to have a guy win the Oscar where it's not really a comeback story. I mean, you can have an arc, a character arc, but maybe it's just a little bit different. Some kind of like the Jeremy Renner guy he was basically the same guy at the end wasn't he he couldn't mm-hmm. escape that kind of life Mm-mm. so that was a little bit different yeah so but anyway 
I, I liked Get Low. It was a good movie, and I think it was a great movie. So I would give it a an A seven point seven. Mm, I give it like a seven and a half. And seven point six, six. right in go. between. Yes. Okay. Right, right in between. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I don't really know what we saw before that, but I'm going to go with the girl who played with fire. Which, if you recall correctly, earlier this year... If you recall correctly, that's such a condescending thing to say. If you remember, earlier in the year, we saw um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. This is part dose of a three-part series um, of of the novel-based movies written by um, Stieg Larsson. I think is how you say it. Or Stieg. Stieg. Um, (laughs) The Girl Who Played with Fire is uh, installation number two. Has the same characters. Um, Lisbeth Salander, played by Numi Repeth, I think is how you say him. And then Michael, or Mikael, is his name Bloomkist on the movie, or is that his real name? Because it's like Nykvist. Yeah, that's his real name. Nykvist is his real name. Yeah, and Bloomquist. And Bloomquist is his name on the show. Right. They shouldn't do that. It's very very confusing, especially to little Americans. What can they do? If that's the actual character's name in the book, and that's his they real name in real life. They can make the actor change his name. To what? Michael Johnson? No. From Sweden? George Alexander. All right. Anyway, <laughs> this particular uh, installation follows our two characters, um, except the twist this time is that um, Lisbeth has been framed for... Um, a murder, right? It's been a while since I saw this. Um, yes. Yes, a murder. Um, so she's kind of hiding. And <clears throat> I don't want to give too much away because so much of it hinges on what happens in the first episode. But there's a character, sort of the um, antagonist from the first um movie right. who sort of spilled over into the second one and that's where all of this is kind of getting stirred up he's involved to some capacity lots more bad guys and um Mikkel's job in this one is to make sure that she's found innocent so they're kind of communicating through each other through her sort of hacking into his computer and then he sort of goes and tries to help her become free and there's a really surprise twist at the end um that sort of resolves something for her but that's all I can feel like. I feel like I can really say about it. Yeah. Anything um, bad? No, not really. A cool bad guy. Just that he has a certain affliction that yes. we yes. all kind of wish we had from time to time. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, the the two main characters have a lot less screen time together. Together, but in it this worked. Film. Yeah, it worked. It worked. And she's kind yeah. of a loner anyway, so to see her on her own, I mean, yeah. it's not awkward or anything. But yeah. I like both of them. Yes. And I like them both when they are together. They have good yeah. chemistry. Yeah. Um, but I like this one. I almost liked it as much as the first one. Yeah, um, I would say that too. Yeah. Almost as much. Yeah. I will say this again. I said this about the first one. Lots of violence against, well, not lots, violence against women, like you will see women get beat up. So I'll say that. But you, in this one, you also see women... Beat up. Well, well, trying to kick ass as well. Yes, but I think... Well, I guess that didn't happen as much in the first one. It's just... I don't know. I, I feel like it's more jarring to see that kind of 
put in your face. Um, Are you saying that this one was as violent as no, the first one? No, I'm not saying one? it's as okay. violent. I'm saying okay. like the first one, expect violence against yes. women. Yes. I just think, I think some people have trouble with that. So that's why I'm saying it. But was it as disturbing as um, what? Nothing. I'm just saying, like, so people understand you're going to see violence, violence towards women. Yes, yes, yes. It is jarring. I don't mean to lessen that. Yeah. Right, But right. was it as disturbing as the uh, Casey Affleck movie to you? No, but I thought the first one, the first um, girl who played with, or the girl with the dragon tattoo, I thought that one was more disturbing than the Casey Affleck. Really? The rape scene? Yeah, I yes. thought that was fun. Well, the idea is more disturbing. But visually, the Casey Affleck movie was more disturbing for me than... Mm. But anyway, we're getting off. Yes, we are. <laughs> Our brief recaps are not brief. No. Um, so, yes, I would recommend this. Um, very thoughtful. Interesting. It's long, but it keeps your interest very eventful but then they it's a really good they do do a really good job of like dialogue action dialogue action right. so you never really feel like there's a lull the timing's really right yeah i agree yes very good yes and uh, can't wait until the third one comes the third out, which one. is like what november next month oh, maybe november great yeah. that's great so it's gonna um, be a good little four months of movies oh that's i exciting. cannot wait this is just these next couple of weeks yep. are gonna be awesome just getting started yep so I would give this movie an 8.2. I was going to say the exact same thing. Really? Yep. And we and should say, we talked about this before, there are there is American versions of these movies. That's what I was about to ask you. Yeah, coming out. 6.7. Oh. So a little lower. But how I do wonder you, if it has to do with the subtitles and just the availability of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Because it's not in wide release, I don't think. And the subtitles in this one are a little bit distracting because they were hard to see at some points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. against the background. Um, what do you think about the uh, the making an uh, American version? Usually, I'm kind of against that because I, I don't know, I'm a, I don't know. But now I feel like everything's remade based on like nothing's original, right? Like there's like what four or five original movies every year. Everything else is based on something. True. Are inspired by something. But I think if this had come out 10 years ago and they were remaking it now, it wouldn't bother me as much. But it's like these movies are out this year, and yeah. probably the remake will be out next, next year. year. Well, I think it's said 2012, right? 2012. And well, that's for the second one. Probably the first one will come out. Through. It's all money, right? Like, they see what a gravy train this has been, so they're... Yeah, the books are selling like hotcakes. Yeah. But And I like Daniel Craig, so... I do, too. But uh, I can't imagine that the rape scene would be would no. be as violent. I, I can't imagine it would get an R rating if no. it were. No. So, yeah, uh, that's part of the problem with American movies is you don't get. It's the same thing with like American shows versus British comedy shows. Right. It's just it's not as risque. Right. Or, right. Yeah, you can't get away with as much. It's not as pure, I guess. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. It's all watered down. Right, they censor certain things, and yeah. it doesn't feel as authentic. As, and they're never as sexual, right? Because we're right. all afraid of sex. Right. So. It's like the the UK version of The Office is so yeah. much more risque than the American version. I was talking to a friend of ours who's who is originally from Scotland, and we were telling another woman that we work with who was like, "Well, what's the difference between British comedy?" And I said. Um, I said, first of all, it's much more sexual, and second of all, they say the F word. And she was like, oh, really? They say the F word? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'd recommend it. 
Me too. Okay. Um, so let's see. We have also checked out The Other Guys, um, which is a buddy cop movie starring Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell, Michael Keaton, uh, The Rock, Ava Mendez, and Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Basically, is a story of two guys who are partners at a, um, for the NYPD, I guess, uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, who are basically just trying, well, Mark Wahlberg's trying to kind of get back into the swing of it. Um, he's had kind of an embarrassing episode, which I think everybody now kind of knows. Right. He, right. Shot he shot Derek, Derek Jeter, Jeter of the Yankees. <laughs> which Derek Jeter has about like a 15 second cameo, but it's hilarious. It is. Makes the whole movie. Yeah. So he's, you know, just itching to like kind of redeem himself. Will Ferrell is a lot more administrative, kind of a... Numbers guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a... An accountant, captain, right. isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he loves to do everybody's paperwork. Um, but basically, The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson are sort of the Hollywood couple of this this precinct. But um, they're out of commission for a reason I can't disclose. But Which it's is very hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious, yeah. yes. And Michael Keaton plays their chief, and he's great. Yes, yeah. also hilarious. Yeah. Um, and basically, they uncover um, a big ring ring of crime. Doesn't really matter what it is and and go about catching the culprits in a funny way right so it's a typical cop comedy but yeah. it's done very well yeah it's funny and everyone's funny yeah mark well which i already thought mark Wahlberg was funny but he just keeps being solidified as a funny dude right and i actually liked will ferrell in this more than i think i've liked him in the past few movies he's done because mm-hmm. he just seemed to be much more on point with that whole improv comedy stuff that he does yeah michael keaton's hilarious oh he's great yeah even uh eva mendez's character was funny just kind of the way she plays off will ferrell she plays will ferrell's wife right so um uh, yeah yeah and samuel jackson and the rock they play their characters <laughs> i mean these are the guys you expect to see on the big screen right. like cop films tough yeah. guys but and they realize they're playing a cliche which right. is funny to me yeah. when you can kind of be self-deprecating i like that yeah I would definitely recommend the other guys. It's a yeah. fun time at the movies. Light, yeah. It's better than a Cop Out, and I liked Cop oh, Out. Oh, yeah, I'd agree with that, totally. Yeah. So I would give this one a 7.8. I would do the same. Would you? Yep. Hmm. <laughs> and 7. 7.0. Not bad. What the French toast. So last but not least. No, no, we've got two. Um, prior to that, we saw The Kids Are All Right, which stars Annette Benning, Julianne Moore, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Mia Wasikowski from Alice in Wonderland, and is a story of two um, parents, Annette Benning and Julianne Moore, who were each artificially inseminated by the same man, a sperm donor, basically. And as their kids, a son and a daughter, grow up, they decide that they'd like to reach out to this gentleman who made them. And Mark Ruffalo plays their father. Um, and so the story sort of te- the story ta- the story is mostly about marriage, right? Like the marriage between Annette Benning and Julianne Moore, and sort of how they they um, react when they're tested and when their trust with their kids is tested. I think. Right. That's probably a fair thing to say. Mm-hmm. But then it's also sort of about um, Mark Ruffalo. He's kind of this um, bachelor and sort of how he changes a little bit once he becomes a more integral part of the kids' lives. Right. So that's what I'd say about that. 
and I would agree. Yes, it was a good movie. Um, uh, I have not seen a movie like this before. Like we were talking right. about formulaic pictures a little bit before. Yeah. To have a lesbian couple with uh, children in this kind of situation, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like this before right. that I can recall. Um, and the Mark Ruffalo characters, he seems to be kind of uh, kind of a lost his kind of lost his way kind of guy it's he's like a bit he's of a looking hippie, f- yeah right? but it's like he's looking for some kind of connect something yeah. to cling on to that's uh, more tangible than what he has right and right. he's a successful guy and everything yes but it's like something's missing with him yes and i've come to the point now where in where whenever he's in a movie i i have to see it and it's funny because i didn't like him when i saw um eternal sunshine uh-huh. of the spotless mind there was something about him that annoyed me yeah but over the years, he's really grown on me. And the movie you showed me with uh, Laura Linney. You Can Count on Me? Yeah. That so. was the first movie I saw him in. And after that, I was like, I've got to find more of this guy. Because he's so... Is he not so great in that yeah, movie? Yeah, he is great. Yeah. He's a good actor. And like uh, Zodiac, I loved him in that. Yeah. And then, so... Yeah, and Julianne Moore really knocked it out of the park. They're great. Even and, in that... For some reason, that Benning annoys me a mm-hmm. bit. But I really liked her. She was supposed to be annoying. And I liked her... They were a good balance of each other. And what? Sorry to interrupt you. No. But what I liked, I can't remember the the name of the theory, but there's some, some woman, um, like a, a feminist woman, wrote an article back in the 80s that said, there's some formula to movies that says if there are more than two women in a movie, usually they're talking about a man. Like usually their purpose, uh, their character's purpose is to either support a man in a leading role or to be fighting over the man or to be in love with the man. What I loved about this is it really wasn't about a man. No. It was about their relationship. And you just don't see women given that kind of role and interacting with each other in a healthy way. Like, it wasn't always healthy with them. I shouldn't say that. But I felt like the way that they went at their marriage was healthy. And you just don't see that. Right. From women, ever. Like, women are irrational and crazy. Yeah. No, I was... I mean, it was like opening a door to something more intimate when it comes to especially lesbian relationships yeah. that you, you're not always privy to in films because yes. a lot of times it's just seen as hot or there's something pornographic to it. But this one kind of opened the door. You kind of see not only as far as their exploration of sexuality as the kids are kind of exposed to certain things, <laughs> right. but the discussions they have, it's, it's just a, a couple yeah. that, that are, you know, they're going through certain issues certain uh, there's a certain threat to their relationship that yes. may happen to be a man but it's not about the, him. right yeah right. it's more yeah. about the threat than it is about the the thing behind the threat right yeah yeah so that's good. um it's a good way to put it i would give the movie an 8.8 i was gonna say give it a nine i thought it was great and i think I, I wouldn't think, be surprised if both of them got nominated, uh, Julian yeah. Moore and Annette Benning, and the movie got nominated. Yes. And I will say this while you're looking up the rating. Mark Ruffalo owns a restaurant in the movie, and the name of his restaurant is cool. It's called the WYSIWYG, which is what you see is what you get, right. an acronym for that. I just thought that was a cool... That is cool. It was a cool restaurant, too. It was like a herbal, like organic. They grew their own food, that kind of stuff. I, thought, I just thought that part was cool. Yeah. And I like WYSIWYG. I thought that was a... That's funny. It's funny the things that are named the same. I know. Some 79. Are you talking about the Who Rock concert from 1979? (laughs) Lesbians. 7.8. Oh, okay. I 
thought it would be lower than that, honestly. Oh, and uh, one of the, the top, America's Next Top Models, Yaya. What's her last name? Can you scroll down a bit? She is in this. Da Yaya DaCosta. She is absolutely gorgeous. She is. And she did a pretty good job at acting in this. She has I a didn't very, know very she small was, role. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought she was an actress. Yeah. But yeah, she, she's beautiful. Yes. And she was great, too. Yeah. yeah. Very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very sexy. <laughs> Legs for days. Yes. Um, okay. So last but not least, um, while we were in Michigan a few weeks ago, we decided to check out Scott Pilgrim, which stars the ubiquitous Michael Cera. Uh, Kieran Culkin, I'll need some help with other actors and actresses who are in it. Um, maybe we can look it up when we're done. Uh, Rushmore. That Jason, Jason Schwartzman. Schwartzman. Yep, yep. Um, and a bunch of, like, kind of this new crop of young... Superman. Who's that guy? Uh, Brandon, Brendan Roth. Bro. I don't know. The new Superman. Okay, we'll look it up. I don't know. I know, I see his face, but I don't know who you're talking. I don't know his name. Yeah, Okay. Um, but basically, Scott Pilgrim is about Michael Sarah's character, Scott Pilgrim, um, and how he has recently—he's he's currently in a relationship, also plays in a band, sort of normal twenty-something things, I guess, or early twenties things. Mm-hmm. Um, but who meets Ramona, um, who's I don't know her name, but basically uh, is very intrigued by her, but soon learns that he has to fight all of her um, previous exes, and there were seven of seven, them, right? Yep. And th- they used some kind of alliteration. It was like seven-something-something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it takes a really interesting twist because it's sort of laid out like a video game. And so almost it kind of reminded me of like Mortal Kombat. Like yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus. And the, her exes are a very interesting group of people. Oh, I know who you're talking about. The guy who plays like the superhero, her her boyfriend, her the actor boyfriend. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I digress. Um, but yeah, I don't uh, I don't really know what else to say. That's really all I can say about it. Yeah. And Special the, effects are great. Yeah, the video games are like eighties video games. Yeah. So like every time he wins, it's like he gets coins. coins. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, I thought this movie was really cool. I loved it. Probably one of my favorites. Like probably one of my all-time favorites in in my top fifty. Really? Let's say yeah, yeah. Um, I just liked the story. I thought it was funny. I liked his relationship with his roommate, played by Kieran Culkin. Um, yeah, I just liked. Oh, and the girl who Daisy um, Daisy, what's her face? Was she in Funny People? Yes. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We'll we'll look up all these people in a minute. Yeah. But go ahead. I thought it was. A really good movie done in a awesome, great way. Yes, I, I'm, I don't love it as much as you did. I thought it was a bit long, and um, yeah, I mean, I just wasn't as the story itself. I wasn't as impressed with, okay. but visually, I thought it was, and the ideas that this guy had, the the writer and director. I'm yeah. uh, assuming it was written and directed by the same guy. I think so. Just he knocked it out of the park. Yes, yes, it was excellent. The execution. I thought it was relevant. I thought it was humorous. I thought it was melancholy without feeling sorry for itself. I thought it was great. Okay. Great and great. So what would you give it? I'd give it a 9.3. I'd give it a 7.6. Really? Yes. That low? That's not that low. (laughs) It is low. (laughs) Let's see. 8.1. See? Okay, scroll down. 
Oh, Allison Pill. I forgot she was in that. Um, Ellen Wong. Yes. Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. That's who plays his sister. Um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Plays Ramona Flowers. I think we'll be seeing more of her, too. Yeah. Can you scroll down a bit? Whoa, easy. Well, then I don't know. What are you looking for? I'm looking for the woman who plays, um, who is in Funny People. Aubrey. Because I think she's really funny. Is her name Aubrey? Why do you think her name was Daisy? Maybe it is. Maybe I'm... No, maybe, that's her. Maybe her name was Daisy in... Funny People? Yeah. No, she's not that much younger than me. I thought she was like 22 or something. She's now in Parks yeah, and her name was as well, as well. Oh, she was Daisy. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're going to see these people more often. Anna Kendrick. I thought she was good in it too. She plays kind of like an annoying character, but she was funny. Yeah. Oh, Brandon Routh. Yeah. Who's Tennessee Thomas? Bill oh, Hader Mae. did the voice. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't that. either. And uh, Mae Whitman, she was also in it. Right. I liked her, too. And they all have really cool names, like Roxy Richter and, yeah, just interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That, and thus concludes our five-week movie Abundance review. of... Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. sorry that we've been... MIA. We've just had a lot going on lately. Yep. And or didn't feel like doing this. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, if there's movies you'd like for us to see or would like to give your input on the eight movies we discussed today, you can feel free to email us at vagabondexchange at gmail.com. You can also check out our um, somewhat defunct Facebook site. Just kidding. Our Facebook page under Vagabond Exchange. Yes. So I think we'll be back soon, right? Um, hopefully. We're going yeah. on a trip soon. I don't know if we'll... Do one before then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we're going to San Francisco mm-hmm. um, again in a few weeks. Second time this year. Yes, but never too many in our opinion. That's right. Um, so we'll be back with a recap of that. And we may do a show in between, but yeah. may not. And we'll do a late review of uh, the George Clooney movie. <laughs> Yes. Because we're waiting until we go to San... We have this... We? we. Well, we've seen three movies together on the road yes. that were George Clooney movies. Yes, we so have. We so we're trying to keep, keep our up that streak. streak. Yes. Yeah. And plus, I don't know what it is about seeing movies in other cities. There's just something about it. Like when we were in Seattle and we saw Burn After Reading, Right. they made all these references to Seattle, Seattle. and who would want to be in Seattle. Right. And it was very funny, and we felt like we were very much a part of Seattle because we laughed at the jokes in the movies. Like, we were from Seattle, and it was hilarious. Right. So, yes. Yeah. And then and up in the air, he's going to all these different places. Right. So, right. Yeah. Chicago. So, and yeah. there are other movies coming out that we really want to see. The Easy A. Is that I'm been? so excited for that yeah. with Emma Stone. Right. That looks great. Yeah. There's a bunch. I can't think of all of them. The Facebook movie I want to see. Facebook movie. Uh, Clint Eastwood has a movie coming out with uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Um, what else is there? M. Night Shyamalan. I only kind of want to see that because Christmas scene is in it, and I like him. Uh, um, um, there's been a bunch of previews. I just can't. Oh, the one with Hilary Swank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Yep. We want to see it. That's all you need We're to We're all know. excited about it. We're all jazzed. Yep. 
Okay, so one more time, if you'd like to reach out to us, say hi. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Um, you can email us at vagabondexchange, V-A-G-A-B-O-N-D-E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So hope to hear from you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Before leaving, make sure you have all of your personal belongings. Use caution when opening the overhead bins, as items may have shifted during the flight. We thank you for flying with us today. We truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.